When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. This podcast brought to you in association with TNT Sports. It's with me, Simon Hughes. And me, Simon Mann. And we've been doing alliteration during this series. So England were vanquished in Vizag. And quite correctly, you said they were routed in Rajkot. Well, this was Root's return, wasn't it? In Ranchi. So all the R's today, 302 for seven. Root, 106 not out. His 31st Test 100 and his 10th against India, a record. What a, what a tremendous day for the Root family. Wonderful innings from Joe Root. And here's another stat for you. It's the slowest 100 by an England player in the Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes era. Basball, whatever that means, it was not. It was the way Joe Root has constructed his innings in the past. Or well, having said that, it was actually his third slowest 100 in test cricket, but he played the circumstances. There were no reverse ramps. Mind you, there was no Bumrah. There were no or very few sweeps or reverse sweeps. It was orthodox cricket. And goodness me, in the afternoon session, yours, I wonder what Brendan McCullum was thinking about as he was sitting there with his feet <laughs> up. Well, he would have been pretty pleased. I thought England scored at 2.33 runs per over. Think about it. 2.33 runs per over. The revolution or the counter-revolution has started. Well, you know what you call that then, don't you? That's <laughs> Boyk's ball, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, a real kind of retraction to the, to the 1970s. McCullum was probably asleep, actually. You know, you, you, you've got to do things to keep him awake. So, uh, yeah, I mean, brilliant. A, a wonderful retort. Of course, we all knew Joe Root could do this. I'm sure he knew it himself. I think there was just a little hint there of, of, of sort of slight fury uh, when he celebrated his 100 that perhaps he, he left it this long. And I think, that, you know, just sort of reading between the lines, reading the entrails there, could you just say there you know, was just a tiny acceptance that what he did before he got slightly wrong? 
You know, there was too much kind of frenetic activity in the second test where he got 16 or 15 balls or something and lofted one uh, down to deep cover. And then obviously we've seen the, the reverse scoop shot as well um, against Boomer. And I, I just think he's had a bit of time to reflect. And I'm sure he doesn't read all the press. Uh, not many players do, if any. But I think there would have just been a sort of common sense would have prevailed. I need to play how I play. And that was a classic example today, a classic Route 100. Mm. Well, I mean, we have been saying it, haven't we? And so have most people. You know, Joe Root is good enough to play the Joe Root relatively orthodox way. And today he did do that. I mean, it, there was no frippery today at all, was there? there was, it was just class, skillful test match batting in quite tricky conditions. Well, the, the match situation was tricky. I mean, that's the point, wasn't it? That, that if, if Root didn't succeed today, then the series was over, probably. Root has succeeded today, and it's kept England in the match. And we've all, the thing is, I think what it is, you know, we've all seen him produce this wonderful career. And you think, well, why toss innings away when you can do something like that? You know, you know, you know he scored big scores as well. And it is exciting occasionally, but, you know, when it comes off, I remember that shot he played at Trent Bridge when he played the first time, the ramp in that victory against New Zealand. And it took everyone's breath away. But he got out to it a couple of times, and he's got out to it a couple of times in defeats as well, Mount Monganui and in the, the last Test match. And you just think, well... Why do you need to do it? What's, you know, what's the real benefit when you're good enough? You're good enough to do what you did today. There's just no real benefit because, it, you know, it looks great, of course. It looks incredibly exciting. And if you're someone who's trying to sell test cricket, when, you know, obviously that's going to arise a lot of interest. But he doesn't need to play like that. Other people can sell test cricket by playing in an extravagant way. What he needs to do to sell test cricket is, is bat like himself, score lots of runs and put England in good positions. And potentially that's what he's done today. And it, it, it was just lovely orthodox cricket. And the, call, the other reason why he doesn't need to do it is because he's got so many other shots and ways of scoring. He doesn't need to take any extravagant risks. And the point about that reverse ramp, just to kind of finally uh, put that to bed in a way, it doesn't necessarily achieve anything. You might... might uh, uh, make everyone sit up and go, wow. But the, the bowler probably doesn't change his field or change his approach. And that, that, the main reason why you're playing reverse sweeps in, in these kind of conditions against spinners is to change the field settings and upset the bowler's line and length. It's not going to do it against a fast bowler because a fast bowler knows it's a massive risk playing a shot like that. And you only have to bowl a few more length balls. If he tries it again, he's going to get out, as he has. So it's just common sense prevailing, really, in this case. And thank God. Not much celebration for the 100. Really muted mm. celebration, wasn't it? Almost like, I don't know whether it was, I don't know what it was. I mean, we probably you didn't hear from him afterwards. Not on TV anyway, not on, not on TNT Sports. So Zach Crawley came out and did the post-match uh, interview. I presume we're going to, well, we might well hear from him in the morning bef before play, you know, what that was about. Uh, there was no real celebration. He took his helmet off and, and kissed the badge. And there was that, that pinky, pinky finger. finger. Well, did you see that? Raised. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that. And that's uh, a legacy of 2022 when McCullum first took over as coach. And apparently he's quite obsessed with the Elvis movie. And Elvis and his pinky finger and his pinky ring and the kind of obsession with them all being rock stars. 
And so I think it was a celebration of that, actually, just sort of an indication that form is temporary, but class is permanent. Mm. Nine fours in his hundred, only nine fours, but a beautiful shot to bring up the hundred. That drive through wide mid-off, lovely classic stroke. Great support at the end from Ollie Robinson, who, you know, he hasn't batted for, what, about seven months in the middle. A bit of the Ollie Pope's there, isn't it? You know, what, what have you been doing in the seven months off? Well, possibly practising his batting, because actually those those lower order runs, absolutely vital. Half-century partnerships got England over 300. He did have a massive slice of luck, but this was India's fault, because, it, I mean, it was a bit like the reviewing today was like a real shootout at the OK Corral, wasn't it? They were going for everything, and eventually they, they turned two over, and they lost three reviews. Robinson on L8 was plum LBW to Jadeja. Umpire Damasina gave it not out. I don't know what he thought the ball hit on the way through, whether he thought it hit the edge. I don't know whether he thought it missed the pad, but it pitched on straight and flicked, just flicked the outside of the pad and went through to the keeper who, who didn't take the ball cleanly and India didn't have a review left. So Robinson uh, survived. So that was he was on eight at the time. He's 31 not out, and I thought, I thought he batted really sensibly, actually. Blocked it, and then when it was there, he whacked it. You know, the sort of real clear-minded approach from Ollie Robinson. That was a, a massive bonus, in well, for England, and also getting route through to 100 as well. And you can see what it meant. Stokes, actually, celebration on the, the balcony was far more emphatic, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was far more mm. uh, exuberant than, than Roots by a considerable distance, almost as if Stokes himself had, had scored the 100. So, end of the day then, yours, 302 for seven. England in sight of their highest first inning score of the series. That was 319. Uh, they're only sort of 12 overs away from their longest innings of the series. Evaluate 302 for seven on that pitch. I mean, I, I'm not sure what to make of that surface. I think it's a good score, actually. I, I don't think the pitch is great, especially against the new ball. Uh, I, I, it was interesting, wasn't it, when the sort of middle session, England didn't lose a wicket, having lost five in the first session, indicating that the harder ball is, is more difficult to bat against. So I think it is a sort of a new ball or a hard ball pitch for bowlers. And then when the ball gets a bit softer, it, it is a bit easier so you've got to strike with those first sort of 20 overs or so. And I think 302 is a pretty good score because I can't see the pitch getting any better. It's a bit of a mess, isn't it? One end looks okay and the other end looks quite cracked and cratered. And it hasn't done anything massive. It was more for the seamers probably, actually. The old ball spun, but more for the seamers that with that new ball, it was nipping around and a little bit too pace, some coming on to the bat skidding and some stopping slightly. So I think 302 for seven, I think, you know, if they can convert that to 340, 350, I think that's a decent score. Batting first, mindful of the fact that India have to bat last. The only caveat to that is England's bowling, you know, spin attack is obviously not as good as India's. So uh, if India had to chase 160, 200 in the final innings, you'd back them probably more than you would against a, a better bowling attack. Uh, but I still think England are in a reasonable position, actually. And, I, yeah, I, I think runs on the board could count pretty healthily. 
Yeah, it feels like they're in the game, de- definitely. I mean, they weren't in the game at 112 for five. It felt as though spiralling out of control. I mean, it looked a good toss to win. Both captains were you know, <laughs> desperate to, to win it, as they have been all throughout the series. Uh, Rohit Sharma at the toss said it looks a little dry, you know, which is obviously, you know, that's an indication that he's, well, yeah, this this is going to be a bit, bit tricky uh, batting second and last. And the only thing I would say is that you know England were able to recover from 112 for five. The pitch was a bit slow. There was some turn there. That This is... Indian batters in their own conditions are not used to totally services like this, but they're, you know, they're used to these sort of conditions and you, you feel they might be capable of cobbling together a, you know, a reasonable lead. England get 320, India get 400. I don't, I don't know, something like yeah, that. But, but I mean, that, you know, they have to bat well, yeah, aren't they? They have to bat well to, yeah, to get no, that I sort I think there are wicket-taking balls out there, apart yeah, from Johnny yeah. Bairstow's dismissal, which was a bit of a kind of wild heave across the line. Most of the other wickets were down to the pitch. Were, were not unplayable deliveries, but good deliveries, mm. which did something that mm. found a, a, you know, a chink in the batter's uh, defence. So I think there are wicket-taking balls out there, more perhaps at the moment for the seamers than for the spinners. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, know, you can't go overboard over it, but I think 300-plus is, is a, a decent score. Should we go back to the start of the day, actually, because... I think there's a lovely story at the start of the day, and it's an Indian-centric story, but it's the debut of Akash Deep, who most England supporters and probably perhaps many Indian fans actually might not know much about. He's played a little bit in the IPL, but otherwise hasn't really appeared in on the international scene before, and he's been part of the squad for you know a few months. But it's his. Uh, rise from total obscurity and improbability, which is probably uh, the most heartening story. And I I guess it's one of a number of stories that have cropped up in the last couple of years in Indian cricket, obviously Jashasvi Jaisval being another one. So Akash Deep opened the bowling, replacing uh, Jasprit Bumrah, took a wicket in his second over, uh, bursting through Zach Crawley's defence and taking out his off stump, and then, of course, rudely denied it by the the no-ball siren uh, just fractionally overstepping but then he did get Ben Duckett soon after for his first test wicket a huge celebration and not surprisingly because if we go back to Akash's background now this is a, a post from Kaustab Gudipati who is uh, goes by the Twitter name of Kaustats and is a big uh, sort of researcher of Indian cricket generally and he says Akash Deep's parents had opposed him from playing cricket but he said they were right because cricket doesn't offer a good future from where he came from, which was a small place in Bihar, a very poor Indian state. The place was Badi Sasaram. And he used to play cricket secretly. Many parents told their kids not to mingle with Akash because he prefers cricket over studies. His father actually wanted him to be a policeman, I think. He lost his father and elder brother. And later he arranged an oxygen cylinder for his mother during the pandemic. He had to leave cricket for three years due to family responsibilities. He shifted to Bengal for the medical expenses and played club cricket there. And he also managed to earn his keep by playing tennis ball cricket and earning £60 a week playing tennis ball cricket in the local area. And it was really only when he moved to Bengal and worked with a a local Bengal quick bowler that he got selected for the Bengal under-23 team um, and before that, he really only played tennis ball cricket. From having to play t- cricket secretly to overcoming a career-threatening injury 
a back injury, saving his mother with his meagre salary and bowing down to her uh, when he was presented with his cap. So it's quite a nice thing that the Indians do when uh, they give a debut to a new player. They invite the family out onto the middle to, to be with the, the, the team group. And his mother and I think his sister or something was there then. And they all, and, and he, his mother was completely overcome by the whole thing. So from, le- from three years of leaving cricket and losing multiple family members to taking three wickets in his first hour of test cricket. Wow. What an incredible rise from the unlikely surroundings to becoming a hero. What's the moral of that story then? Yours never listen to your parents. <laughs> well, my kids don't listen to me, so yeah. I mean, that's that's normal, isn't it? Really. The other thing I suppose is to try to pursue your dream. You know, if you've got that dream, really go for it. Um, he's got a good first class record, 104 wickets at 23, which is you know good in Indian conditions, isn't it? And for for a seam bowler, he plays for RCB in the the IPL. He had a, a good time of it against the Lions. Picked up wickets in that series. Uh, five in one match, six in another, two for 28 in, in another inning. So, you know, he, he was, he's sort of around the squad, isn't he? And, you know, no Bumrah for this game, which seems yeah, seems on the face of it a, a big loss for India. But I suppose Akash Deep, in a way, today did the job that, you know, Bumrah might be expected to do to some extent. Five wickets to seam on the first day and only two uh, to spin. He slightly reminded me, though, if you haven't seen, if you haven't been watching on TNT today, he slightly reminded me of... Mohammed Shami, similar sort of slightly open-chested action, and sort of bowls the line, and it was that sort of steady line that got him his wickets. Uh, you know, and he, he was a he was a threat, wasn't he? I mean, he, he, he good delivery to Ben Duckett. Sort of typical way you often get a left-hander out if you're a right-arm pace bowler. We saw Kimar Roach do this to Alex Lees, didn't we, in the the West Indies series? In you know just before Joe Root lost the captaincy, where he bowled round the wicket, and just angle one in. Angling and just get one to leave. Duckett nicked it through. No disgrace there. And actually, and he did Ollie... that to Alex Lee's. This is Akash Deep was yes, playing did, for the yeah. Indian A team against the English Lions uh, recently, and he did that to Alex Lee's a couple of times uh, as well. So obviously, a very good bowler to left-handers, and he's just got that sort of skiddy enthusiasm, and, and he, you know, he sort of rumbles to the crease with a real burst of energy. And he just looked very consistent, actually. He just mm. kept bowling a foolish length, sort of trying to hit the top of off stump, which he did uh, against Crawley when he eventually did get him out legitimately. And just look, he looks a really good sort of finished product, actually, which I guess is, mm. you know, the benefit of having played three or four years of um, first-class cricket in India. He's 27, so he's got that uh, sort of reservoir of experience to fall back on. But again, it's another great example of an Indian test player coming from a small community, which never happened until the IPL, really. And then soon after Duckett was out, Ollie Pope then comes in. He was out second ball. One of those sort of tight LBW decisions, India reviewing it. It was one, It was really sort of, the clock was ticking down. Should we go for it? It was a long way down the pitch, really long way down the pitch. You thought, is this all going to work for India? And it did. It was it was clipping enough of the top of, of leg stumps. So that one was a good review. They overturned that one. And then Joe Root comes in and it was nearly three wickets in four balls. Really close, sort of close LBW. Joe Root just getting outside the line, and that saved him. And you know, one of those sort of key moments of the days, and those sort of sliding doors moments. While well, he was outside the line, so you know, we know what the laws are. So he got away with that. But yeah, an excellent spell. And then, as you say, 
He got rid of uh, Zach Crawley with one that did seem to me it did seem to keep a bit low, but short, short of a length, hit a crack. Well, Crawley is a bit vulnerable seen. to those kind of balls. He is because he, he, is. The nip, he nip looks backer, to try yeah. and drive on the up balls mm. which are not quite full enough, and he leaves a bit of a gap between bat and pad. So that nip backer is one that you know does kind of get him yeah. in trouble occasionally and it wrapped him on the inside thigh a few times before it actually got him out. He played well, I thought, actually. He, 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 he you know, he recognised there was a bit of uh, seam movement and he tried to counter it a bit, but without playing rashly. And I, I thought he, he looked good. It's ironic, it's, it's interesting. They're a real foil for each other, aren't they, Duckett and Crawley? Because, you know, some days Duckett gets on a roll and he gets to 40-odd very quickly and... 50 partnership today it was the other way round and they nearly put another 50 partnership on today they put on 47 but again it was a, a good start and that's been something that England just lacked isn't it over the last five years or so really just these consistently good starts I know 47 is is not that substantial but at least it's not uh you know 10 for two or something which England mm. had been suffering you know a few months ago before Crawley and mm. Duckett got together yeah, it was. Uh, so England were going well, weren't they? You thought that this well, looked good toss to win, 47 for no wicket, scoring reasonably uh, quickly. The first boundary actually didn't come until the fifth over uh, today. It's noticeable that actually India had a man, a sweeper back, didn't they, for the seamers? So Duckett, you know, when he was playing that sort of cut shot, there was a man on the deep point boundary to to pick it up. They weren't allowing any uh, free early boundaries, but gradually they England got going. Crawley taking on Siraj, he hoofed him for one remarkable six. Anyway, Crawley was, was out. Pope was out, Duckett was out, it was three down. And then we saw a, a Johnny Bairstow. We'll talk about Johnny Bairstow uh, after the break, uh, Yoz, shall we? Yes, of course. You can watch the whole series on TNT Sports, which is the exclusive home of the UEFA Champions League, Europa League and Europa Conference League, as well as showing lots of Premier League football, rugby, MotoGP, boxing, WWE. And there's a smackdown this weekend, if that uh, takes your fancy. And the highlights of today's game on TNT Sports are on at 6.15 tonight, if you missed it. And I do have to keep saying, actually, but the Discovery app is really good for being able to go back on wickets or, or fours or sixes or key moments of the day very simply by just clicking a button. It goes straight back to that moment and then you can whisk forward to the live again. So it is a really good, agile app to follow the game. Stream TNT Sports on Discovery Plus or watch TNT Sports channels on EE Sky and Virgin Media. Subscription required, aged 18 plus. And of course, the TNCs apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So 47 for no wicket. Yours became 57 for three. Johnny Bairstow strides to the middle. Under pressure. Not really produced very much in the series. Really disappointing time. He's poised on 99 test matches. So he's picked for his 99th game. First up, were you surprised to see him selected or did he expect actually that England would would back him? Because that's often the way they go. Well, I mean, all the talk during the week was that McCullum mm. backs him and said he was going to have a quiet word with him. I, I, he, you know, he's a quality player. And mm. again, you give these guys enough chances, they're going to deliver, aren't they? I mean, he has been sort of on a slow decline, I suppose, from the heights, from the absolutely meteoric heights of a couple of years ago where he was taking, when he first got into that sort of basball mode and played those scintillating innings against New Zealand and so on, against India in, in England. Fantastic. Ever since, you've just seen a slight dip in his performances. Uh, but today, he, he certainly threatened, but actually, ironically, well, not ironically, I, I mean, maybe predictably, he got out for what is roughly his career average, 38. Hmm. We're trying to sweep Ashwin. Not many sweeps played today by England's batters. Certainly not Joe Root. He, he put that shot away and it was another a review. It was given not out. So India did have some success uh, with reviews today. Not totally because they basically reviewed everything until they, they ran out of them. What, what about John, Johnny Bairstow's shot? Well, you know, it is the shot he tries. I mean, he's been out sweeping quite a few times, hasn't he? I don't think it's his best shot, definitely. I could see what he was trying to do was to try and hit Ashwin off his length because Ashwin had just started to go round the wicket. Bairstow had put him over mid-wicket for six, bowling over the wicket. And so Ashwin had gone round. And I always think Ashwin looks more dangerous round the wicket, actually, because he's threatening both edges. He's pitching the ball on the stumps, spinning it back towards the stumps and also occasionally drifting it past the outside edge. So I thought he looked more dangerous from round the wicket. Bairstow's trying to maybe hit him off his line and length and just missed it. On this pitch where the bounce is a little bit irregular, sweeping is difficult because some just bounce a bit, some keep a bit low. That one did. Went under the bat. It is a risky shot. And I think Root only played about two in his whole innings. Mm. Yeah, I can remember Joe Root playing a little sort of dab sweep and then he played one reverse sweep. I don't think he timed either, actually. Behind square on the leg side and then through the offside. I think one sort of came off edge yeah. or glove or something like that. Yeah. The, the reverse sweep. and But it was a shot that he just put away today. So Bester was out. And then England's innings was really in the balance. Ben Stokes comes in just before lunch. He gets one of those balls that, I mean, people sort of laugh at if it's not you really, isn't it? I mean, it just it just rolled along the ground. It was like it's a marble uh, rolling <laughs> along the ground. And have, have you ever seen anyone walk for an LBW? I mean, but Ben Stokes basically walked, didn't he? I mean, some some batters, you know, uh, you know, they, they sort of know they're out, don't they? And they sort of begin to move. It was almost like he just walked off uh, before the umpire raised the finger. It was it, a, absolutely plumb, impossible to play, yeah. really, isn't well, it? I he, mean, if you get away with those, it's a bit, you, you're a bit lucky. I mean, I suppose you? he could have played forward. That's the only thing. Because it was actually a bit full of Ben Stokes likes going back to spin yeah. early in his innings. Get, that was because... a ball that a lot of players could have gone forward to. I mean, he likes to play back to read it off the pitch and, and yeah. get his leg out of the way, ideally, as well, so he can get his back to the ball rather than committing himself on the front foot. But 
if he had committed himself on the front foot, he probably would have been hit low down on his pad anyway and probably would have still been out. So I think he, I think that there's a slightly quicker one from Dedeja. I think he was slightly done for length. It was a little bit fuller than he thought, but it did keep cruelly low and he was right in front of all three. Even Dickie Bird would have given that. Well, I, I doubt it. He wouldn't. Uh, he said it was missing leg stump. Or going under. <laughs> Dickie would have said, no, going under. Listen, when you see a ball like that on the first day, so this is the first session of the match, when you see a ball that rolls along the ground on the first day, what are you thinking as a as a, a well a bowler and a, and a batter, actually? What, what, what are you standing there? You know, you're, India celebrating this wicket, but thinking, mm, hold on a second. Are they thinking that? Or think, well, actually, roll this lot out for 150, get 300, job done. Well, I, I think you're, if you're a bowler... You're actually thinking, bowl those straight because you're going to get wickets as soon as you, as long as you bowl straight. And as the day wore on, I think you could see the Indian bowlers more, more and more, instead of trying to get the outside edge or get past the bat, they were trying to get hit the pads or aim at the stumps with fielders on either side in catching positions sort of short mid-wickets and so on, which is another indication that bowlers are looking to bowl at the, at the wicket. If you're a batting side, you just hope that you don't get those balls, really. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was totally unplayable. And there are going to be more in the game because the, 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 the pitch is already veering on the low side. So mm. you've got to get your bat to the ball and, uh, and watch it like a hawk. But is it slow enough to adjust, do you think? Depends who's bowling. Uh, it, it's a bit of a lottery. So what England will be hoping when they post whatever they post, 320, 340, I and mean, they've got 302 at the moment, is that sort of enough of those type of deliveries go their way. I mean, if you, get, if you get away with a ball like that, then it looks as though, you know, if you prepare to be disciplined, wait for the bad ball, you know, there are, there are runs out there. I mean, England have scored 300 in, you know, in, in the day's play. They've not been bowled out and they've recovered from 100. 12 for 5 you, you you can survive you can score if if perhaps you have a you know enough luck during the day yeah and i mean actually look at looking at england's innings you know what uh, two batsmen got into the 40s Bairstow got into 30 the 30s uh, robinson also in the 30s so you know you can bat on this pitch only root has managed to go on and kick on uh, to score 50 by the way he's now scored more 50s in test cricket, gone past 50 more times than any other England player. He's overtaken Alistair Cook, who's scored 90 50s in his 160-odd tests. And Root is now 91 scores of 50-plus in his 139 tests. So he's 20-odd tests less than Cook to get that figure. And only five batsmen in history have scored more than 91 50-plus scores in all, from all countries. Uh, so Root again, uh, showing through stats as much as ability that he's one of England's greatest, if not the greatest player they've ever produced. One player we haven't talked that much about so far. He was actually vital to England's renaissance in this game with that century partnership with Joe Root was Ben Folkes, who's not scored a half century in the series. But he's actually played two important innings and produced two vital partnerships. The one with Ollie Pope in the first test that ultimately helped England win the game. And this one in this innings, century partnership, probably felt a bit unlucky to, to miss out on a half century. But just played, well, I suppose he played a, sort of the Ben Folks way, didn't he really? I mean, I think that's the thing we, we've been talking about. It's fine for Crawley, Duckett, Pope... 
Bearstow to play in that sort of ultra positive way, Ben Stokes to play his way because he can catch up, and Joe Root to play in the way that's you know brought you know, x thousands of runs during his career, and and, and Ben Folks similarly. There's no, there's no not much point in him going out there and trying to larrup everything. Although he did have that spurt after T, didn't mm. he, just before he was out, mm. strangely, where he took on Ashwin. The field was up on the leg side and he took he took him over deep mid-wicket uh, two or three times. He went, what, 6-4-4. Six, six, four, four. Actually, one of them was through backwards square leg. Suddenly, it was like it, he, he was going up two or three gears and then he, he clipped that one that was on the stumps to mid-wicket. Actually, I thought the, the folks' dismissal was quite symptomatic of the surface they're playing on, isn't it? And it almost as if India were half bowling for it because they've got that, they have sort of have that sort of quasi-umbrella field on the leg side, bowl straight, mm. either get an LBW or hope someone miscues it on the drive in the and, air to mid-wicket. And has been that, out that like that before as well, hasn't mm, he? Yeah. he? He does sort of fall over slightly. I mean, what can happen with the reverse swing? It isn't necessarily, you know, the most dramatic wicket, but the ball, when it swings in quite late your head is in the wrong position. You're over towards the offside, so you're slightly overbalanced, which causes you to hit the ball in the air on the leg side, and that's happened to folks a couple of times. Actually, interestingly, it was the source of a lot of Shane Warne's wickets was a, a, the drift he got, not so much the big spin, but the, because he put so much spin on the ball, the ball drifted in towards the right-hander's leg stump, causing them to overbalance sometimes and clip balls fairly... It, not apparently nondescript balls to mid-wicket and be caught. And you'd think, well, that was a bit of a lucky wicket. But actually, it was brought about by the drift and dip into the batsman that caused the batsman to overbalance and hit the ball in the air. Similar sort of situation today with Folks. What do England do with Ben Folks at the end of this series? They, they, they keep come him. Home? They keep him. He's got to play. I mean, he's he's solid batsman. He's, as you say, consistently scored in this series. I mean, he, there are there is talk about that he's not quite so good against pace bowling, that he, he can look a bit vulnerable against pace bowling, better against spin. But I can't believe that a guy of his uh, sort of ball striking and uh, general uh, sort of countenance can be that bad, and he can surely improve. And he's such a brilliant keeper. We've seen several examples of his uh, skill, especially standing up to the stumps, taking catches which I think other keepers might well have dropped. So... I think I think I think keeping. I can't see Bearstow going back to keeping anyway, uh, especially after last summer. So I think he's he's there for good, isn't he? And everyone will breathe know. a sigh of relief. Well, I don't know. I really don't know because how do they fit Harry Brook back in the side? I mean, that's that's the problem. That's why we had the situation we had last summer in the well, Ashes. I think anyway, Bearstow, I think Brook will come in for Bearstow. Actually, ultimately, mm. that's how we fit him in. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see on that. I mean, we're always sort of pushing forward. I suppose we'll we'll let them sort out. Normally, someone's injured as well. Anyway, so but Johnny Bairstow, next Test match then when Darren Shala hundred now is it? That's it. He, end, he ends on a hundred. He's dispensed. I don't know. I've not since so sure. the next Test, isn't it? After Darren Shala, yeah. yeah. not till July the next Test match for England. So, anything can happen before that, really. Yeah, exactly. Players can get injured. Players are out of form. Okay, Yoz, uh, we should wrap up. What 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 were England? What will England be hoping for tomorrow? What's the, what's the what's the limit of their uh, potential achievement tomorrow? Do you think? Actually, I, I thought India should have taken the new ball. By the way, you know they've they've had ten overs extra with the old ball. Now they could have taken the new ball with Ollie Robinson fairly fresh at the crease. 
and the new ball does something. And I think they missed a trick of taking... Because if Robinson or Root gets out, the only people left to bat are show Bashir and James Anderson. And, you know, mm. there's not too many runs likely to come from that part of the world. So I think they, they missed an opportunity there. They'll take the new ball immediately in the morning. And if they get an early wicket, they could polish mm. England off for 320. If Root manages to, to take the bulk of the strike... England could get 350. And I actually think that there's quite a... There will be, it will be quite a strong influence to the course of the game. If India polish England off for another 20 runs, they'll feel they've had a, a result. If England can get another 50, then England are in a good position. Hmm. Well, it's been another interesting day in this uh, wonderful series. England flattened in the last two days of the last Test match, but they fought hard today and they're, they're in the game. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, if you if you spoke to the England players, if you spoke to Ben Duckett, he'd, he'd probably say we're going to win this by innings and 10 runs or something like that. But, uh, you know, ultra positive. I'm sure his comments in the last game were were tongue-in-cheek. I mean, no one seriously is going to say, let them get as many as possible and we'll, we'll chase them down. I mean, you know, it's just it's just not credible, that. But you know, they they have a chance and winning the toss, I think, is, has been significant and getting some runs on the board. OK, it's not a killer score, um, but who knows, it might prove to be. But they're in the game. So, fascinating viewing uh, tomorrow, yours, at, at 4am in the morning. Yeah, it's on TNT Sports. Get up early, check in. Watch it through and we'll be back tomorrow afternoon to recap the second day's play. Yep, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed the day's play and really looking forward to tomorrow. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.